Hi, welcome to Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. Thanks for downloading, and as you listen, you are guaranteed an encounter with the word. John chapter 5, verse 36 to 47. John 5, 36 to 47. It's going to be a long read, but I want you to follow closely. John 5, 36 to 47. I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the very work the Father has given me to finish, which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. So he tells us that there are kinds of things you do. He tells us where you're from and who is your Father. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form. Nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. Verse 39. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. So now this is Jesus speaking, because somebody's about to ask me, is that, what, is that John or Jesus? This is Jesus. Now Jesus is telling them that studying the scripture does not guarantee you eternal life. Is that not strange? So you can read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It does not guarantee you eternal life. Hmm. Should I stop reading my Bible? No. we we'll get there. These are the scriptures that testify about me. So he's telling us that the entirety of the scripture is to amplify the man Jesus. That's why John chapter 1 verse 1 tells us about the existence of the world, the beginning of the word, and who was the word itself. So you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. The concept of eternal life here is that they make it to God. Anybody that dies is just desires to go to heaven. Even an unrobber who is dead desires to go to heaven. Thinking that, ah, once I study the scripture, once I study this part. I've met people who feel that once they obey even the Ten Commandments, they are not sinners. The Ten Commandments was not given to Nigerians. It was given to the Israelites. Nigeria is not from Israel. Nigeria is a gender, in case you don't understand. Israel is Jewish. Nigeria is gender. We are opposite. That's why we are even more uh, spiritually, uh, I don't want to put it. Well, pretty, uh, this part of Africa is pretty more spiritually inclined than even the places where Judaism started from. Judaism is actually the studies of the Jews. That's the way we call ourselves Christians because Christ, we, we, uh, we are trying to copy Christ. In fact, that's even wrong, trying to copy Christ when you can actually be like Christ. Are you understanding me this morning? So, that, that, that's really wrong with that. So, you study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess it. Like, these are scriptures that testify about me. Verse 40. Verse 40. Let's see. Next verse. Next verse. Yet, you refuse to come to me to have life. The scripture points you that you can only get eternal life if you believe in the one that God has sent. Now, the one that God has sent is right in front of you, yet you have refused to come to me. Verse 41. I do not accept praises from men. Verse 42. But I know you. And I know that you do not have the love of God in your heart. So one of the things that makes you even draw closer to Jesus, his word, is that there must be an establishment of God's love in your heart. 
That's why sometimes it's very challenging to talk, to, to really dissect scriptures with those who feel that they've been going to church all their life because there's really nothing new you want to tell them. It's like trying to share your revelation with somebody who has been in the faith for 20 to 30 years. You can't, there's nothing new you want to say. That's why you're always seeing spiritual fathers, you're seeing mentors, you're seeing pastors always clashing because somebody feels that I know the scripture more than the other, forgetting that it's the same spirit that gives about inspiration. And inspiration is based on dimension, the position that you occupy. So I know that you do not have the love of God in your heart. That's the reason why you find it hard coming to me. Verse 43. I have come in my father's name, and you do not accept me. But if somebody else comes in his own name, you would accept him. That's where we found in our current age, where people talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Nothing wrong with that. But now you start seeing in our age, people praying in the name of the apostle. I'm sure you've seen that several times, right? Maybe God of Pitons and Sammy by fire. There's nothing like God of Pitons. Maybe God of social prophet and Sammy by fire. No, this is what Jesus is saying. Now, the very reason why you are accepting somebody who comes in his own name is because you are seeing some kind of relief. Just like I was sharing with somebody, no matter how desperate somebody can be at the polling unit and you tell yourself, this is the person I'm going to vote for, there are circumstances beyond life that once the person presents you the solution to that circumstances, you change your mind. Expressly, you change your mind. Somebody tells you that if you vote this candidate, I'll give you a bribe. You collect it. And you vote. That's what the scripture is saying. That it's easier to believe. Why? It's for my own time. Oh, ah, it's, uh, it's for my tribe. I believe it. Oh, that miracle was. Have you seen members of churches defending a minister of the gospel even when it's crystal clear that this person is wrong? Have you seen that before? Yeah. When it's crystal, this person is wrong. Every man will always have his own followers. Every man. There will just be somebody that will believe somebody's foolishness. There will always be. There will always be. So it's easier to accept. Why? Because there is something the person is putting on the table for you. Next verse, verse 44. <clears throat> How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from only God? Verse 45. Verse 45. But do not think I would accuse you before the Father. You see how loving Jesus can be. I won't accuse you before the Father. He said, Your accuser is Moses, or whom your hopes are said. If you studied the leadership of Moses for the people of Israel, a part of me feels that for the most part, it was even Moses that put them in the most trouble. Because how dare you go up to the hill? How dare you go up to the mountain to go and receive a commandment from God and you did not tell the people where you are going to? So you just took off. They were expecting you for days. They didn't see you. What does that tell them? In fact, the scripture says there were assumptions that some people assumed that what if God has struck him dead where he was? Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. Verse 46. If you believed Moses, you would have believed him. So if you can believe a man, 
that tells you that your tomorrow will be great. Now the Holy Spirit is ministering to you that your tomorrow will be great. You are saying, I bind you, Satan. That's a problem. For he wrote about me. Everything that Moses did, he was trying to point the people back to Christ. I know the funny thing, even Moses himself did not know Christ. He never met Christ, except maybe on the transfiguration. And a part of me feels that the discussion they were having, Elijah, Moses, and Jesus, they were more than likely encouraging Jesus because they did not even know what was about to happen. If there was anybody who knew about the mystery of the cross, it was God himself because he was the one who wrote the script. Even Jesus did not know how salvation would come. Did you not read your Bible where it says several times they tried to kill him? Even Jesus, Jappa, he escaped. He said he was dodging death. That means even Jesus was scared of death at a certain point in his life. But it got to a point. He just said, Father, whatever you want to do, just do it. If this is how I'm going to die. Verse 47, I believe. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? If you can't believe what Moses wrote, how are you going to believe what even the Spirit is saying to you? Now let's read John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 25 to 36. John 3. John 3. If you follow the scripture closely with me this morning, you'll get to where I'm going way more faster. An argument developed between some, some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial worship. Now, John, this is talking about John the Baptist. He had his guys. The same way Jesus had his guys. In fact, there was even a part in the scripture that talks about how the disciples of John were having issues with the disciples of Jesus because they felt Jesus' disciples were copying them in terms of baptism. So let's assume John was baptizing people with his right hand. The disciples were doing the same thing too. So they were always having that discussion. In fact, it got to a point, John's disciple told him, I said, it's like Jesus is treating his guys better. They're not treating us really good. <laughs> like Jesus is giving, see, his guys are enjoying. That's why Jesus had the biggest crowd. One of the things that was expressly, uh, how do I put it? One of the things that was expressly available in Jesus' ministry was food and money. In Jesus' ministry, they don't have issue with food. And they don't have issue with money. That too was there. But for John, I don't want to call John an evil guy, but he was stingy. Unnatural. Let's study it. John the Baptist was very stingy. Very stingy. There were a lot of John focused on money and something else. Can you remember right now? But Jesus, did you hear John the Baptist went to a wedding? Jesus went to wedding, turned water to wine. That means Jesus was a fancy kind of person, not darling. Not darling. John was always tricky. Jesus said, No, on this uh, matter, go and get me a donkey that I'll ride for this one. In fact, one of the reasons why they had issues with Jesus at Altry's time in ministry was that Jesus was relating more with rulers. John was relating with the masses, the poor ones. Jesus was relating with guys and the poor. So let me tell you something. That you are a Christian and you really want to make heaven and you are rolling with poor people 
It's your choice. It's your choice. When I'm a Christian, I believe God and I'm going to make it. And I'm relating with people at the top. It's also my choice. It's also my choice. Now, an argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial worship. Verse 26. Verse 26. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi. So they called John Rabbi too. Teacher. That man who was with you on the other side of Jordan, the one you testified about. Now, this answers where people used to have the question, because when I'm studying scripture and I'm trying to explain to you, I try to tell you some things that would be questions in your heart. You know, people are asking that, oh, the Bible says uh, the window of heaven opened and they said, this is my beloved son, he will not rob this. It was only Jesus that had that part and John. So John had to explain to the people that, oh, when I was baptizing this guy, this is how I felt, or this is what I sensed. So he said, you testified about him. Well, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. So John, we are losing customer. Jesus is not having the customs. Now see what John will say, verse 27. To this, John replied, A man can only receive what is given to him from heaven. So as Jesus has his crown, I have my crown too. Verse 28. Verse 28. You yourselves can testify, and I said, I am not the Christ, but I'm sent ahead of him. Verse 29. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy. For when he hears the bridegroom's voice, that joy is mine and it is now complete. So John was telling them that my ministry is done. Jesus has showed up. This is the person that I was sent to prepare the way for. Now he showed up, my joy is full. My ministry, it's about close-up. Of course, you can't expect the followers of John to be happy with that statement. Verse 30. It must be greater than I must become less. The next verse. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the heart belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the heart. The one who comes from heaven is above all. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. It testifies. Go back to 32. It testifies to what he has seen and heard. But no one accepts his testimony. Why? Because he can't. I, I, I don't want to explain. They can't accept his testimony because it's, it's, it doesn't look like it belongs to them. Verse 33. The one who accepted it has testified that God is truthful. So anytime you accept the counsel and the testimony of God, you are ascertaining the fact that God is what? Truthful. Somebody say truthful. truthful. Someone let me hear you say truthful. truthful. 34. Let's go to the next verse. For the one who God has said speaks the word of God. How do I know that you are sent? Every word that comes out of you. I'm not talking of discussion. I'm not talking of opinion. I'm not talking of argument. Every word that you are extending to another man. There must be a proof that you're speaking the words of God. For God gives the spirit without what? The limit. Somebody say limit. Yes. God gives the spirit without limit. Verse 35. The father loves the son and has placed everything in his hands. Verse 36. 36. 36. 
last week. Whoever believes in the Son, not whoever reads the scriptures, not whoever goes to church, whoever does what? Believes in the Son. So I can believe in the Son and choose not to come to church. I can believe in the Son and choose not to identify myself with fellow Christians. The most important thing is that you believe in the Son. Why are we encouraging people to come to church? Is because you have a better understanding of who the Son is. It helps your belief system. As good as a whole bunch of us don't like to go to the hospital, the moment somebody comes with an health practitioner and tells you the value of health checkup, you value going to the hospital. Someone like me, anytime I start feeling a little downness in my body or a little weakness, I'm quick to go to the hospital to get a shot. Because I realize that the shot is much more faster than medicine. What's a shot? That, okay, a shot means that something is going directly into my bloodline, into my blood system, to combat whatever it is that could be affecting my body. So that's why we encourage church. How do you know the promises of the Father if you don't come to church? The church brings about the understanding. Why did the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of fellow believers? Because somebody is coming with his own perspective of God that has been exposed to him. Then you realize that, wow, I used to just think that God is just, uh, God is just good. Now somebody is coming to you to tell you that God is not just good. God is loving. You are like, wow, God is loving. Different perspective. So you believe in the Son, you have eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not do what? Will not see life. For God's wrath, it's on him. Somebody say eternal life. Eternal life. Let me hear you say eternal life. eternal life. I'll start by saying that the acts of divinity is without limits. The acts of divinity, the dimensions of God is without limit. So if you think you've known it all, you've not met somebody who has graduated from that level. Just like when I, uh, I, I felt like I was blessed with the gift of healing and I felt that I have to lay hands on people all the time before they can get their healing. Until one day I was in a meeting and Pastor Chris was just moving. And just his movement was creating a spiritual eruption that people were receiving their healing. And that was when the Holy Spirit said to me, there are different dimensions to administering healings to people. If you go to a CSC church, or maybe uh, I believe a CSC church because I've tried that before and it worked. If I, I, at that point, if I let me tell you how my healing ministry started, I used to pray for people inside water. So once they drink that water, I would intentionally put my right hand inside the water and give the person to drink. I did it for family members, did it for friends, and I realized that they got their instant healing. But guess what? There is somebody who will tell you that that's not a genuine. And there is still somebody else who will drink that water and nothing will happen. Because somebody who is suffering from blindness is drinking water going to solve it. So I realized that the drinking of water was for healings that has to do with stomach pain, ulcer, diarrhea, and all of that stuff. So somebody who is blind, you saw what Jesus did. There was a case where Jesus spat on the floor and mixed it with mud and placed it on the person's eyes. There was a case where Jesus told somebody, he said, go and wash your eyes in the river. There was a case of where Jesus just placed his hand on the person's eyes. So, there is always a dimension to this thing. So if you think that, ah, this is the part that really works, you'll be shocked that somebody else will try something else and it works faster than the one that you think you know. So the acts of divinity is without limits. Yet the extension of divinity 
to man is limited by dimension. So what am I trying to say? That means the part of God that you know or the part of God that is extended to you is based on the dimension of God that you know. So the dimension of God understood by man determines the measure of divinity that is extended to you. If all you know is how to lay hands on people, that's just the kind of perspective and the healings you get until you realize that somebody else can use an handkerchief, until you realize that somebody else can blow. As a matter of fact, when I was growing up as a child of God, I never used to like pastors that used to blow hair. I never used to like it. Because some have blown several hair to me and he spit that will come on my face. I never used to like it. So the side of God you experience is based on the part of God that you understand. The side of God you experience is based on the part of God that you understand. So the depth of a man is measured by what he knows. The depth of any man is measured by what he knows. The height of any man is measured by what he's exposed to. There is no difference between me and somebody that is short if both of us can see the same thing. Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? Yes, that, that, that's no difference. That's no difference. If someone that is short and me that is tall, if we can see the same thing. I'll give an example. I'm standing on this place and I'm saying what is exactly on top of that speaker. If somebody is way shorter than me and is sitting at that end and they can still see what is on that speaker, we are exposed to the same thing. So don't, don't determine height by, oh, he's standing so tall. No, there are a lot of people standing so tall and they are not exposed to nothing. Are you following me this morning? A lot of people are exposed. That's why sometimes when I'm talking politics with people, I, I'm, 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 I'm sincerely just laughing. Sincerely just laughing. Sincerely just laughing. I'll I, I tell you the reason why I'm laughing. Aside the fact that I come from a political family. Listen, there is a round table that determines what happens in this country. There's a round table. You will never find them on TV. You will never find them in newspapers. They determine everything. They call those kind of people cabal. So, nothing wrong in exercising civic responsibility. You forget that there are, there are people. You know when the Bible talks about principalities and power? It's two different categories. There's principality, there's power. It's two different things. So, if you think that, ah, this is be shocked. Be shocked. One time I was having a discussion with my uncle. My uncle said, What we are carrying is not the real Bible. I said, Yeah, so this man knows it. He said, It's not the real Bible. He said, if they, sh they should go and look for the real Bible that Ajayi Kada brought to Nigeria. I said, What? There's, a, there's another Bible. He said, Yeah. So there's Bibles, there's, there's, he said there's a portion in the Bible that looks like jazz, incantation. I said, what? He said, because they there's, a, there's a particular book that you'll find few chapters online, but you'll never find the end part. Because if you read the end part, you automatically turn to a sorcerer, a witchcraft. It's called the Seven Books of Moses. I advise you not to read it. You read it. I'll tell you to lock that door. <laughs> You should not come to this church. As bad as magic may sound, it's inside the Bible. It was just removed. It's part of the scripture. How will someone sit down like this and do like this to chairs and the chairs will comfort? 
Then you, you are standing here. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, bring that chair here. And the chair is not coming. Yet the Bible tells you that the Spirit is above all. Now, this person does not have the Spirit, but he can control chairs. Now, you, you have the Spirit. The chair is looking at you. Someone is a dig for answers. Someone is a dig for answers. I'm going to be extremely deep this morning. The height of a man is measured by what he's exposed to. The beauty of a man's life is by what he knows and what he has applied. By what he knows and by what he has applied. There's this funny guy on social media. Some of you might know him. I think his name is Aladini or something like that. He's a magician. I think he's based in Lagos. So they kept asking this guy, tell us the schools you've went to where you learned uh, magic. And the guy said he's never gone to any school. That as a matter of fact, he has never even checked anything online as regards magic. Whether that is true or is not true. But I want to tell you what they said. So they told him, then how did you start this? Is your father a magician? He said, no. He said, his father is even a strong worshiper in the church. So how did you start? He said, I just imagine it and I just do it. I went to watch most of his video. I just imagine. And I just do it. Ha! Think about how many things you have imagined. But you could not do. I met a great man of God one time. Actually, I've even had this discussion with Joe Praise before. And Joe Praise said that they've been in several meetings with a man of God, Pastor Chris. And he said Pastor Chris will be sitting with the pastors and he will tell them the things that will happen in the meeting. You'll tell them, as we step out downstairs now for that meeting, there'll be a great manifestation of the Spirit. The blind will see, the this would have, this, that, 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 that will have. So, the pastors, he said some of the pastors are looking at him like, sir, how do you know there's a blind man in this meeting? He said, I've seen it in the eyes with my eyes of the Spirit. He's not watching a TV. He doesn't have protocols that went downstairs to tell him that, sir, 14 blind men came. He's telling you things that will happen. There's this great man of God that God will help us to bring to this church one day. He tells me that anytime he's going for a crusade, he spends at most at least four hours in the presence of God. And God tells him all the miracles that will happen. So he writes them down. So by the time he comes to the podium and he has sang his worship song, he will tell the people, God told me, one shall I hear receive a sight. He will mention all the miracles. And can I be honest with you? At the end of the service, it will happen. I've asked myself several times, how do these men get to this realm? How? Reminds me of the day Apostle Suleiman said he went to see Pastor Adeboye one time in his office. And Pastor Adeboye said, I'm sorry for coming out late. I was having a meeting with Prophet Jeremiah in the Bible. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy to believe because it's Pastor Adeboye, right? If it was another man of God, you would say, ah, ah, see boo-boo. Now, in terms of authority, in terms of influence, there is no reason for Pastor Adeboye to be lying to Suleiman. The gap is wide. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? The gap is wide. There is no reason for him to lie. If it is a younger pastor now, to Apostle Suleiman. You might want to say that so that you can get a lot of um, respect and relevance. This man, has, this man is a spiritual father. He said, ah, he said, I was having a meeting with Prophet Jeremiah in the Bible. Ah. Apostle Suleiman said he left that meeting and told himself, I have not started ministry. And I'm saying that to somebody here. 
if you have not started having meetings with prophets of the hold in the Bible, you never start to. It's in the Bible. It said we are surrounded by clouds of witness. Now, clouds of witness, these are witnesses that, these, these are people who have run the race that is set before you. Now, they are standing at the balcony of your life, cheering you up, saying that, ah, 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 ah. I felt too when you too, when I was like you too. Stand up, stand up. So the question to ask is, how can I see them? Your mate is already saying prophet Jeremiah. You, you have not seen anything. Somebody say, dig for answers. Accusation of tools never makes a man skillful, but the utilization of those tools. That you have a gun does not make you a sharp shooter until you shoot it. I used to think that holding a gun and shooting a gun, like what we see in movies, is as beautiful as what it is. You know how they hold guns? Uh, uh, do I have a, a, a teaser or something? Do you guys have your teaser? Yeah. Please don't record me. I'm not holding AK-47, no. <laughs> Amen. So I just, in movies, you see something like this. Say, pa, 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 pa. I've returned it back now. <laughs> I thought it was that easy until when I went for training to work in the prison. And they gave me a pistol. And they tested us with pistol and a rifle. Then I think an AK-47. I didn't do the AK-47 because I already passed the two. So the AK-47 is like the last stage. If you pass the first two, you don't need to do the last one. So I tried the rifle. So in my mind of mind, I wanted to do Terminator. Like, pa 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 pa. I did the first one. The rifle jacked me back. And they told us in the class, they said, if you don't hold a rifle well, there's a tendency that even that bullet you're about to shoot will come back to meet you. Because there are two holes in a rifle, the front of the barrel and the back. Come and see speaking in tongues. But you know in movies, you see the way they hold it, Terminator. And in your mind of mind, you think it's that easy. Just like cutlass, as simple as cutlass is. I've been insulted over cutlass several times. Some of you just think that cutting grass is easy. You need to go and learn from those aboki guys. You don't just carry cutlass like You are cutting nothing. Just like a woman too, you enter the kitchen, you see your sister, your mom, cutting carrots, cutting pepper, and your sister is doing like this. She's listening to Pastor Jerezi. So in your mind, you think it's that easy. You two enter the kitchen, you not carry the same knife. The result is not the same. So accusation of tools does not make you skillful. It's until you start utilizing those tools. Oh, I'm born again. I'm a born again child of God. See, it's not enough. It's not enough skill. It's not enough certificate. You have to prove that born again thing. That's why it says the word eagerly awaits the manifestations of the sons of God. There's a waiting. Praying in the name of Jesus is not proof that you get an answer. You must be in that family. Proverbs 20 verse 5. Let's see that real quick. Proverbs 20 verse 5. Are you getting something this morning? Proverbs 20 verse 5. Let's see that real quick. It says the purpose of a man's heart are deep waters. The purpose of a man's heart. The pictures in the hearts of a man. They are deep waters.
this example I'm about to use, Holy Spirit, just help me. Holy Spirit, just help me. You know how they, you know, you know how they scales in biology class that once you you sleep with a woman, she gets pregnant. How many of you did they say that to in biology class? Raise up your hand. You, you all did biology. You sleep with a woman, she gets pregnant. The older you grow, they tell you that there is a stage when to sleep with a woman that will get her to be pregnant. Are we together? Now, when you are not married. And you are waiting for one year, two year, three year, four year, five year. You now get to the hospital and say, what's going on? I'm doing the sleeping. <laughs> and she's receiving. What's happening? And the doctor now looks at you and says that the reproductive part of your wife is not mature enough. So you're asking yourself, did I marry an immature? <laughs> That's for the woman. Now for the man, they now look at the man and say, ah, okay as good as whatever you are doing is the numbers of cells that comes out in a sperm is like it should be between the range of 1 million to 3 million but your own is 10 <laughs> are you getting what I'm trying to say this morning now you not try to compare the measure of your sperm with the person that has 3 million you realize that the quantity is the same but what is inside of it is different. So going on, they'll say, ah, ah, what will make you as a man not be able to impregnate your wife is, a, is a, a, too much of sugar. Too much of sugar will affect a lot of things. I say, okay, so let me avoid sugar. Now, you start expressing some kind of weakness in your body. The same doctor that said avoid sugar is not telling you your body lacks sugar. Are you following me this morning? The pictures in the man's art, they are like deep waters. They are like deep water. Ask any lady who is young today. She tells you that once she's getting married, I want four children. I want five. I want two. I want one. I want eight. That's beautiful. A man too has the understanding that once he's done with school, his life will become beautiful. How many of you have dreamt of houses and cars in your dream? You've dreamt of location, Lekki Phase 1, Lekki Phase 2, Banana Highland, in your dream, and yet you are still living in the Kokomaiko. <laughs> the purpose of a man's heart, they are like deep waters. I told a friend of mine, I said, the wrongest people to argue with about their dreams is when a lady wants to share you her wedding plans. Don't argue with her, just leave her. Just leave her. Just judge her by who she's getting married to and see if that dream will come to pass. Oh, my honeymoon is going to be on the highlands. I'm going to Iceland. The man does not have passport. So how you want to go and do that honeymoon in Iceland? I want to know. He said, but a man of understanding draws them out. So it's inside your heart. But what brings about the drain of it? Understanding. Are you getting me this morning? So, Nothing wrong with your pictures. Nothing wrong with your expectations. Nothing wrong with, with your imagination. But guess what? Understanding helps you to draw them out. Albert Einstein said, and I quote, any fool can know anything. The most important thing is to understand. Any fool can know anything. The most important thing is to do what? It's understand. 
Let me shock some of you with this. And I'm sure a lot of guys here will bear me witness. As sweet as driving can be, most of women, we are still scared while driving to have a witness. We are still scared. We are still scared. Boy, wally, boy, wally, enter, enter. He's still scared. He's still scared. He's still scared. The very first time I was racing at almost 120, almost going to 140, in my mind of mind, I was like, Tomorrow, what demon possessed you? Because he looks very sweet. It looks very nice. Are there not days that I've entered the car and I've forgotten certain things to do? It's why those who drive manual. You understand what I'm talking about? There are certain times you just forget. Have you not forgotten that you were about to drive and your car was still in reverse? You will have almost gone back. You quickly press brake. Say, hey, what happened? It happened to me several times. Several times. In fact, the worst one is when you thought you looked left and right and no car was coming. You now come out. Somebody just honks at you and say, show for Judy. In your mind, you're like, but I checked the mirror. I didn't see anything. So any fool can know the most important thing is to what? Understand. Somebody say understand. Somebody say understand. The gathering of opinions will always lead us to a pool. And guess what happens at the pool? It's the highest vote. That matters. The gathering of opinions leads us. Have you ever seen where they have done voting for king before? No, let's talk. Have you seen where they are voting for a king? And say, this is the king we want. This is Ulubadon. See, once that man chose the Okpele, bah! You cannot argue it. Who wants to argue with the gods? Let's be honest. Who wants to argue with the gods? Can you read the Okpele? No. Is Okpele a digital screen that showed? <laughs> Praise Jesus. Just truth. Ah! You are asking yourself, what did... You know, you hear stupid questions. It's about our before. You throw it again. But my question is when the Ifa was speaking at first, why couldn't he just mention the name? Why must we do Ifa three times? You don't argue with that. But at the polls, the gathering of opinions is whoever has the highest vote that people think is the pathway to wisdom. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So if there's a post of three fools, APC, PDP, help me. Is the highest vote. What does? Why are you not at the polling unit? Did you not see somebody that should not be there? Let's communicate. How many of you voted yesterday? Let me, let me know. Did you not see somebody that between you and yourself, you know, this one should not be here? Miscrant. Talks, all kinds of people. Some people don't even know the name of the candidate. Say that They don't know. They don't know. 
They don't know. See, I tell you before, umbrella and you, umbrella, little show. The next one I'm hearing is, ah, come on. Now, mama, papa, picking you. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. The guardian of opinions will lead the crowd to a pool. But the space of understanding brings about partnership. When you find a wise man having a good company, there is something that everybody is trying to get from that person. So they are forming partnership with that person. Why do you think a whole bunch of countries are trying to form partnership with Nigeria? It's because even with Nigerians have still not understood what we have. You don't understand what you have. If a whole United States is interested in the election of Nigeria, I, and my question is, when they were having their own election, were you interested? But they are interested. They are monitoring it. That means there is something. There is something. I was telling somebody this, and this is just the honest truth. All those immigration move from this country to another country is modernized slavery. Are you getting what I'm saying? Modernized what? Modernized slavery. How do I know this? The white man creates the job, but does not have a white person to run the job. So he needs a black man. Where will you find black men? Africa. If you put Nigeria, Ghana, Zimbabwe, Cameroon, and all those people, a white man prefers to hire a Nigerian. You know why? You can manipulate a Nigerian with food and money. Honest truth. I live in the U.S. Every Ghanaian will always want to go home for every festivity. A Nigerian will never want to. Nalai. Nalai. A Nigerian say, no, what am I doing? If you find any Nigerian man coming for any festivity, there is something that is coming to him. Is it that he's coming to show off? Or is the one that started the festivity? Honest truth. That's how when they come, they are telling you, say, ah, miti shewo, miti shekba, miti find anybody trying to partner with anybody. In fact, for, before a lady can even accept your proposal, she must have understood you. Ladies, do you accept the ring of the person you don't understand? You can't. You can't. There must have been a good understanding. Not that the person is perfect, but to a good extent, you understand the person. So I put it to you again, that the space of understanding, it brings about what I call partnership. Somebody say partnership. So understanding is actually the key to functionality. Once there's an understanding, you function well. John chapter 8, verse 31 to 33. John 8, 31 to 33. Let's say that real quick. John 8, 31 to 33. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said. So that means there was a good section of Jews who didn't believe him. He said to the Jews who had believed him, if you owe to my teaching, you are my disciple. To hold to someone's teaching means that you understand it. He says, so if you uphold my teaching, if you hold on to my teaching, he said, then that truth that you know is what will bring about what? Your freedom. They say, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. Listen, the truth does not set you free if you don't understand the truth. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? If you don't understand the truth, it doesn't set you free. So knowing the truth is, not, is never enough. Understanding the truth is the key to your deliverance. Being a Christian is never enough. Understanding your identity in Christ Jesus is the pathway to your freedom. So stop going about shouting, I'm a Christian. It's not, it's not the pathway to freedom. 
It's really not. Understanding your identity in Christ Jesus is the pathway to freedom. How do I know this? Let's read verse 34. The same John 8 verse 34. I'll show you something. Because this is the part where everybody just starts and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Let's start from 34 to 37. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Verse 35. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but he still belongs to the family. Did you hear what I just said? A slave has no what? But he is still what? Okay. When you are sharing Christmas rice and jollof rice and chicken, do you skip your house girl? Let's talk. Do you skip her? You still give her. If you are doing family portrait picture, family portrait picture, does she join? Some join. Some. No. Now, if your father is sharing his will, will he include the house girl? Eh? If your father includes the house girl, go and ask him before he dies. What's the relationship between you and the house girl? Because she's not a part of the family. But a son does what? Belongs to him forever. So don't just read and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The first thing to ask yourself is which party do I belong to? Slave or sonship? Now, verse 36. Let's see verse 36. So if the son sets you free, this is under teaching for another day. He said you shall know the what? The truth. And the truth shall do what? What exactly about the truth do you want me to know? Is the son. Are you following me this morning? It's the son. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I told you before in this house. You must be a sheep to prophesy that statement. A dog cannot say that statement. An elephant cannot say it. So it's not the bigness. It's the root. So if the son sets you free. So knowing the truth is actually knowing the son. So if you stop on that path and you shall know the truth in front of the witch of your family. And I shall know the truth. And the truth shall set me free. No cause of this family can overpower me. There was one music I was listening to of Shola and Lisa. Some of you might have heard the music. She said, those who enjoy the proofs of um, new creation, those who tell you that I'm a new creation, but I don't have any paternal or maternal issue. He said, go and find out. He's not the first Christian in his family. More than likely, he's the fourth generation of being a Christian in his family. So his first and second generation must have fought the battle. Some of you, you are like the second generation of Christianity in your family. You, are, you will still fight battles. You will still fight it. This is one thing they will never say in church, but I'm freely saying it. All those idols in your father's house, in your mother's house, that you think you can use Christianity to bamboozle them. Don't forget, God created them. Are we together this morning? If he can create Satan, the hide on your father's house is too small. That's why for others, he molded them and probably just touched them. The touching also means power. But once they touch you, you receive power. And he said, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power when what? When the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So any, any demon, any hide can receive any kind of power. Do you understand? But for we human beings, new creation, you know what he did for us? Study Adam. He molded us and breathed inside of us. He didn't do that for an idol. So, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So he wants me to actually know the son. He says, so if the son sets you free, you'll be what? You'll be free indeed. Now verse 37. Verse 37. I know you are Abraham's descendant. That's the foolish thing many of us say. Ah, I'm a seed of Abraham. 
I know who God says I am. I'm a seed of Abraham. Ah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is my father. Okay. You know, one pastor was talking recently. He said, stop saying that thing, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because if you know what Abraham did, if you know what Isaac did, if you know what Jacob did, uh, you, will, you will stop that statement. I know you are Abraham's descendant, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for what? My word. So that's to tell you that the truth is actually what? The son. The son is what? Did you hear what I just said this morning? The truth is what? The son. The son is what? The word. Occupancy is never the license to entitlement. Take that from me. Occupancy. That you occupy a place. Can a tenant show up for a law case of a house that does not belong to him? Let's communicate. Your landlord is having issues with the bank. You don't want to show up and say, I'm the tenant. You can't take the house from my landlord. <laughs> Have you seen where judge is beating people before they give judgment? They'll beat you out. Say, I came here on behalf of my landlord. I know it's Hoeing First Bank, but I'm occupying flat two and flat four. You can't take over the building. I paid four years' rent. Okay? If you like, I pay 60 years' rent. If a bank will take something from the landlord, you have, you have to. So occupancy is never the license to entitlement. But ownership is the license to what? Entitlement. If you own a thing, you own it. That's why in the case of buying land and other stuff, they will tell you that if you don't have a CFO, you are not the owner. So all of you that have bought land in strange places and all you have is receipt, I, even me can come and take it from you. Because you don't have a CFO. Even when you buy a car, as beautiful as a car is, I tell people when you buy a car, see, don't be quick to start celebrating. You know? Just make, make sure you have that, uh, that, what do they call that thing in the car? Uh, certificate of ownership. Make sure you have it. The proof that you went to school is the certificate. No school can deny you once you hold their certificate. They can change the headmaster, but your name must be in the record. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's how we've asked some people come here to say, our pastor, I need you to write a letter for me. The first thing I ask is, are you a member? Have you taken membership class of THN? He's saying, no, but I used to come. That you come to THN does not make you a member. Ownership is the license to entitlement. Ownership, not occupancy. Because you just saw it right there in the scripture that the slave and the son stays in the same place. It takes a son to know that he's not a slave. A slave always knows that they are a slave. But do you know most sons don't know that they are a son? I'll give you an example. I, I grew up with my grandmother and for the first 10 years of my life I was calling our housemate sister because I thought it was my grandmother that gave birth to her. So I took, I was, I, her name was Lyo. It was Sister Lyo, Sister Lyo. I feared Sister Lyo like anything. If Sister Lyo tells me, sit down, I'll sit down. If she says, stand up, I'll stand up. In fact, I'll be crying, I'll go and meet my and say, Sister Lyo beats me. <sighs> my mom would too, call Sister Lyo, Sister Lyo, don't beat her again. No. Don't beat him again. And he said, yes. I was fearing Sister Lyo. I was keeping food gifts with Sister Lyo. Sister Lyo was helping me with assignment. Until one day, I think I was age 10, all of us were in the living room. And I saw them counting money for Sister Lyo. And she knelt down with Ghana must go. They were now doing prayers for her. I looked at grandma and said, why are you sending 
Sister Laya, he said, her time is up here. Which time? She said, she has served a period of housemates. She's going to her village to get married. Let me tell you one of the things that thing did to me. I said to myself, I said, one day they'll do this thing for me too. Because I pictured myself just like that person. Until I realized that, Tomoa, come here. You are not a slave. You are a son. This thing belongs to you. That's why you see a lot of Yoruba guys, once they insult their father and their mother, they will fight there. Because they know who they belong to. As dead as my father can be, if you call his name anyhow, I'll change it for you. Because a part of me feels that he's up there in heaven looking at me and saying, so you can't fight for me. That they can fight. It's the honest truth. If you know part people that their parents are there and they'll tell you, don't talk about my parents anyhow. He's dead now. Don't talk. I respect. I respect. I, I res- if you don't respect your parent, I actually do respect my. Baba is cool now. My father is not dead. He's living above. Oh God. Praise God. So ownership is a license to entitlement. If you read Psalm 24 verse 1, it tells you that the hurt is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Now, this one thing you don't understand. The same hurt is occupied by slaves and sons with legal right to occupy. Give a tenant the key of a house, he has the right to occupy that house, but does not make him the owner of the house. So, in other words, your occupation determines your location. And don't forget that occupation is a function of discovery. So if anything is going to be allocated to you, it's based on what you do. And what you do is based on what you understand. As beautiful as the salary of a pilot can be so interesting, I will never dare go and fly a plane because I will end up not collecting that salary. As beautiful as it can be. Say, Pastor, do you know how much pilots are collecting? I cannot. He said, if you tell me that you will pay me the salary before I fly, and trust me, I will not even show up. I will not show up. That's just the honest truth. Because I can't fly it. I wasn't trained for it. I didn't go to school for it. I don't know anything about it. Have you, have you, how many of you have entered a plane before? Have you seen all those buttons? The annoying part is when the man said that the pilot is not even the one controlling the plane. It's somebody at the tower. So the best you can do is just make sure you are never fighting with anybody at the tower. <laughs> because you, the best thing is to say, show to Aloke. Oh, man. To about the Atlantic, yeah. So in your mind, you are doing like this. You say, oh, wow. First time experience. I'm flying the plane. I'm a good pilot. Three years experience. You just see the thing going down. Yeah, try to come up. You come down. Try to come up. From the tower, I say, tower, what is happening? I say, oh, Because I was shocked when they said to me, say it's someone from the tower. Can I be honest with you? Each time I enter the plane, I pray for both the pilot and the tower. Because if the tower changes it, you know when the pilot comes out and says, it's no longer in my hands? If you ask some people why they don't like to fly planes, it's just the fear of, um, of crashing. That's just it. And the annoying part is when the hostess wants to start the, when the journey is about to start. Oh, God. I've, I've been in several occasions and some people are flying with me. And in my mind of mine, you are looking at this tall guy as Bruce, Bruce Lee. 
that he can save the people. So they are looking at me and say, sir, you are sitting close to the exit door, so you are the first emergency response. In case anything happens, you have to allow every other person to fly down first before you can fly. Amy. It's easier said than done, but the truth matter, even me can't fly. We, are, we, we die here. Let the plane land inside water and we all swim out. That picture of flying, they say, uh, once there is a casualty, blah, 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 the plane is about to go down, the, uh, the, the, the jacket will fall down in front of you, you, you activate the marks and you look for your nearest exit and you fly to save delivery. Save delivery from where? Have you, have, how many of you have seen the height? I can't. I can't. So your occupation is, 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 is your functionality. Occupation comes from a place of discovery. Discovery comes from the place you understand. Something you understand. There are some professions I will never drag with anybody. You can't drag this one with me because every single day of my life I'm coming to understand why the Lord wants me to be a pastor. How be stupid to go and be dragging key with the keyboardist and say, no, once you sing that song, it should be on this scale. What do I know? What do I know? How many of you have seen the musical notes? The G clef, the clefs, the trebles, and all that stuff. A keyboardist will look at you and say, okay, you play on this note, you drop it down, uh, give it, uh, reduce, uh, increase the scale, do this, do that, do that. In your mind of mind, I'm just saying lines, I'm just saying arrows. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? The worst one is with an architect. An architect shows you a plan and tells you this is what the building will look like. All I'm seeing is pencil and paper. And numbers. Say this one is 33.55 meters. What's 33.55 meters? Say this lintel. This is the hack. This, 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 that. Oga, show me the 3D of what the building will look like. I'm less concerned with this. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? The worst one is with the medical field. You can never understand what's written on the paper. You can never understand. Never understand. I tried reading it several times. First, I can't even read the handwriting. Two, I can't understand. But the, the, the amazing thing to me is that a pharmacist will always understand what a doctor has written. He can't. One day I was dragging with my baba. I said, eh, this is how to cut my hair. This is what I feel you should do. This is what I feel. The next thing my baba said to me was like, sir, uh, there's something we have to do before we bring out the shape that this... We carve your head based on the shape of your head. I'm not asking myself, you can't know the shape of my head as me who owns the head. But can I be honest with you? Whoever is looking at your head knows the shape of your head better than you that has the head. So I stopped arguing with them. A good place to say that you enjoy the space you occupy. So I looked at the difference between a slave and a son, and I realized that they have a similarity. They both occupy space. But guess what? Somebody owns the space. Slaves are restricted to darkness. Sons are positioned to the light. If you not ask yourself questions, why treasures are stored in dark places, yet they call us the light. Isaiah 45 verse 3. Isaiah 45 verse 3. Isaiah 45 verse 3. If you're saying a slave and a son, 
occupies the space. Who has the legal right? Who owns the place? Both of them have a legal right to live in the space. But one person owns the space. is a son. So now my question is this. If a son owns the space, who should know everything about the space? Let's communicate. Between a slave and a son. Who should know everything about a space? The son. But today I'm teaching on what is called digging for answer. There's a mystery. So if the slave is positioned to darkness and the son is positioned to light, why are you hiding the treasures of that space in a dark place? People are not getting what I'm trying to say. You are the landlord. Two flats. But the man owed to the roof is in the tenant's apartment. Who enters the roof anyhow? It's the tenant. If they will rob the landlord, who would do it? The tenant. Where should the man hole be? In the landlord's apartment. But they put it in the tenant's place. See what it reads here. I'll give you the treasures of darkness. Where's the treasures of light? There's no treasures of light. But there are treasures of darkness. So now he's telling me that both of you have legal right. But the access to this thing is understanding. That's why they tell you that in this life is filled with battles. But the mistake we're having in church is that they make you feel that once you give your life to Christ, there is no, no longer battles. Can I be honest with you? The day you give your life to Christ, you just occupy the executive and the business class roles of eternal fight. The day you give your life. So it's, it's almost as good as don't give your life. But for eternal life and to make it to heaven, you need to give your life. But guess what? You just signed up for it. That's, see, a good place to explain it. If somebody is to come to a stadium to execute people, do you think he will start with the crowd? Can I be honest? He will start with people at the executive row. Because they are the ones that will make the news. The crowd cannot make the news. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yeah. If somebody was to go to a polling unit, okay, okay the, 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 this particular politician said something, and I saw it yesterday. I'm sure some of you have seen it. They asked him, they said, ah, sir, you came to vote in Ondo? He said, yes, my own town. He said, ah, why is there no ESCC here? He said, ESCC knows where they need to go to. Because he does not. He said, I'm not in any government position. There's no need to embezzle. But you realize that ESCC went to all the polling units of all the guys that are occupying governmental positions in this country. So if you are going to bring anybody down, we don't go to somebody that has nothing. We go to somebody that has so much. No arm robber enters a house that is empty. They didn't come there to watch film. They came there to make a movie. So they go to a place where there is something. Read this. I'll give you the treasures of darkness. I have a question. Where is the treasures of light? Why, why are you giving me the treasures of darkness? Why are you making me go to a slave's zone to go and get what belongs to a son? It should be the slave coming to come and meet me as a son to ask for a portion of what is due for him. He said, I'll give you treasures of darkness. And look at what he gets. He said, I'll give you riches stored in where? Why should it be secret when I actually own the space? Now look at the reason why God is operating like that. He says, so that you may know that I'm what? The God who you summon by what? 
Another translation for that says, who you relate to by understanding. Because for me to call your name, I understand you. Understanding is identification. For me to call you Toby is because I know that you are Toby. If I say Toby, you will not answer because it's not your name. But understanding means there's a mutual partnership, there's a mutual relationship. So when I'm saying Toby, you know who I'm talking to. Shade cannot show up for Toby. Talkback cannot show up for Toby. Toby knows he's Toby. So I'll give you treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know. So there's this part of our journey whereby God wants you to do what? To know. That's why I say Christianity is never enough. But knowing and understanding your identity. In what? In Christ Jesus. He says so that you may know that I am the Lord. I love how that Lord is in capital. That I am the Lord. I am the one that intentionally put that treasure in dark places. Because if I put it in a place of light, it will be mishandled. It will be mistreated. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's the reason why the Nigerian government will never allow you to know where the resources are. How many of you studied social studies and they told you where certain things are? But we've been passing that place. We've never seen it. Somebody was telling me, someone said, if you go to the refinery, it's close to where they are getting the petroleum from. Only to realize that they are getting those petroleums from Eden villages. Not even places where the refineries are. They told me they get gold in Osho State. Can I be honest with you? I just want to know where that gold is. I'll buy one plot. Close to where it is. But I've realized that the government will never even expose it. Have you not seen places where they'll tell you that this is government restriction? And you're trying to ask yourself, what is there that the government is restricting people from going to? And guess what? There is no government that does not know what is there. It's not just time to excavate it. They know. They know what is there. So if you see them looking at you, building your house on top of the place, they won't talk. Because you can't dig. You can't. You can't. Even by law, go and ask those who do the borehole stuff. By law, there is a depth that they must not go beyond. Because if they go beyond that depth, they are likely to start eating raw materials. So by default, they will tell you, you must not go beyond it. So a borehole person will tell you, that say, I've gone to the farthest I can go. Let's go and dig elsewhere. They know if they go beyond that, even you, when they, if they tell you what is there, your life is at stake. Because there is something in the eyes of every man, greed. So I'll come and dig ball for you and see petroleum. And you think I will not go and report you to the government that they should come and seize your house. Or you think if I hear that you have a flat for rent, I will not come and rent it. Because I know what, I've, what I dug. I know, I know what I saw. I know what I saw. He says, I want you to know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you. So I put it this way. If the Messiah could be hidden in a manger and the Savior was crowned on the cross, then the answer to life is hidden in the word of God. If your Messiah could be put in a manger, where should you put a, a Messiah? It should be in a hospital, a royal hospital. If we are going to have a savior, it shouldn't be on the cross. It should be sitting on a throne. So that tells you that the answer that you're looking for, the answer to that pathway to your life is eating. Where? In the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. 
Psalm 119 verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. And it says, the word was with God and the word was God. Psalm 16 verse 11, which I want you to see. Psalm 16 verse 11. Psalm 16 verse 11. Let's say that real quick. Psalm 16 verse 11. It says, you have made known to me the path of life. It's the one that makes it known to you. It says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. The best approach to winning in life is to take root downward. To enable you to bear fruit upward. Isaiah 37 verse 31 to 32. Isaiah 37. Isaiah 37. 37 verse 31 to 32. Are you getting something this morning? Are you getting something? He said, once more a remnant of the house of Judah. What does it mean to be a remnant? That means somebody who has fought and fought and fought and now has now come to the place of understanding. He says the remnant, the one who understands. The, that's what it means. See, the one that decides to say, hey, no, enough is enough. He says he will take root below and do what? And bear fruit upward. Next verse. Next verse. He says, for out of Jerusalem will come a, a remnant. And out of Mosiah, a band of survivors. What does it mean? That even one person can decide to be the savior of the family, the entire family can be the savior of that same family. He says, the seal of the Lord would accomplish this. The seal of the Lord Almighty. What's the seal? The seal means the understanding. What has been extended to the people would accomplish this. So there has to be a point where we just have to wake up. That this earth is both occupied by slaves and sons. A great man of God said, he said, you are paying all the tithe, you are paying all the offering. Yet the richest guys are not even in line with the religion or the spirituality you have embraced. Think about it. What do those guys know? What do those guys know? What do they know? You've read all the scriptures. And you have still not come to the place of understanding. Are we together this morning? Prophecy is not the answer to the manifestation. But true works ignites every possibility. So I want to put it to you. That digging for answer is the response to your frustration. A slave to is frustrated. A son to is frustrated. But guess what? When we dig for answers, the frustration stops. Digging for answer is the response to your delays. Digging for answer is the response to your difficulty. Nothing is difficult once you know the answer. Are we together? Nothing is difficult. How many of you have tried to play games? And you tried, you, there, there's what, in most games, there's what they call easy version, um, intermediate, beginners, uh, medium, then expert. Then there's difficulty. How many of you have started with difficulty? You saw the game for the first time. You just want to, you want to show that you, you know it. You just went to difficulty straight. What happens? You fail. You get frustrated. The very first time I played soccer and I started difficulty, I made a mistake by thinking that the timing of the match should correspond with the timing of real life. So real football match is 45 minutes. So the stupid me went to big 45. I saw five minutes, I didn't pick. I saw 10, I didn't pick. I saw 15, I didn't pick. I went straight to 45. First half, difficulty. I could not even touch the ball. It was way faster. The speed. I can't remember the score, but I know it was a ridiculous one. I had to end the game before first half was over. But I went to easy. 
which is the, no, it's not called easy, it's called beginner. I started with beginner. And I saw that computer was moving like this. For me, I was very fast. Lost coin. From beginner, I moved to the next one, intermediate. I realized that, hmm, good. I moved to another one, moved to another one. But today now, I can play difficulty, and me and computer will drag it, and I will still win. Why? Because all the, from the lowest position to the highest, I've been able to master the game. I've been able to understand it, to understand the tricks. I know what X is for. I know what O is for. I know what box is for. I know what triangle is for. I know when to make computer look stupid. I know the team to pick. I've mastered all those things. So you want your frustration to stop. Dig for answer. There is something that is missing that you need to know. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? There is something that is missing that you need to know. Digging for answers is your response to lack. I've told somebody, and I'm going to say this for free. Let me help somebody's mindset this morning because that's one of my biggest assignments this year to help people's mindset. The only reason why you experience lack is because you are lacking something. Not that you are lacking God's word. Not that you are lacking the ability to pray. If you, have, if you are surrounded by relationships, you can never lack. Did you hear what I just said? If you are surrounded by relationships, you can do what? You can never lack. If I'm hungry today, if I go to Minister Toby's house, I'll find food. Yes or no, sir? Huh? Exactly. Relationships. But I have come to now realize that most people, that's the part they avoid the most. Have you heard ladies that say, I don't have friends? That's why you have issues. Say so you have issues. If you have good friends around you, you won't lack a life partner. Because somebody will know a good brother that deserves you. Somebody will know a good job that they can recommend you for. Say, I came to this world alone. I'm living alone. I don't need anybody. People have hurt my feelings. They will always hurt your feelings. But must you remain hurt? They will always hurt your feelings. Can I be honest with you? It's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's so annoying that we are always focusing on human beings, forgetting that even normal insects hurt our feelings. Has cockroach entered your nose before? You know how hot food that can be to your feelings? No, let's talk. Let's talk. You know how many times you've kept food on the kitchen tray or on the dining table and you saw hand bombarding the food? What do you want to do? No matter, you know, you know, you know they are, have you seen people when they are killing rats? They kill rats like they ha the rat is a higher killer. What did this rat do to you? Are you serious? Just think about it. He hurt your certificate. Is that no? No. So a rat ate your certificate, marriage certificate. You will not be frustrated. The two pets I have in my house. Some of the workforce know them. I have this mini garden in front of my house. So I went to buy expensive chairs. These chairs, each of those chairs was like 90,000 euros. So I bought like four. Kept them at the garden. Took pictures. I felt like, yes, my house is beautiful. I woke up the next morning. My two lovely pets destroyed everything. I was not seeing foam on the floor. Foam. I had to 
out of annoyance, me and my wife came out. We were like, with all this spanking and spanking and spanking, I came out the following day again. They felt that we have not destroyed this thing enough. They continued. When they felt they were done, they now moved to flowers. They are destroying flowers. So my question is this. You know if that was a human being, I can almost roast him alive. But it's a dog. What can you do? There are a lot of obstacles, a lot of things in this life that will frustrate you. It's your choice to remain frustrated. It's your choice. Say the reason why I don't want to have friends is because my best friend broke my heart. She cheated with me. She cheated with on my she cheated with me and slept with my boyfriend. Auntie? Oga? It's not an excuse. Sir, you slept with my friend. Okay, we're not doing it again. Move on. Don't see. It's not an it's not a license to stop friendship with that person. You've just understood the weakness of that other person operates. I'm helping somebody this morning. It's like, ah, pastor, so it's true. Because now, you are in a position whereby you need that friend. But you can't go back because you said so much. Have you heard parents say, Deba rese mi le egi, dano. Now you need that person. Now you need the person. Now you need the person. Some of you, regardless of whoever enters as president, it might be under that person's tenure that your life will change. And some people's lives, some people will still complain. Someone like me now cannot complain under Buhari's regime. Because I enjoyed it. You know why I enjoyed it? From where I'm coming from. You know the exchange rate. One dollar to eight hundred naira. So imagine I have like hundreds of those dollars. And I come to Nigeria, all of you will say, big man. Abi? <laughs> Left to me, I even want the exchange rate to go from one dollar to two thousand naira. I know it's unrealistic, but can I be honest with you? If they if they bring back that exchange rate to one naira to one dollar. You see, your uncle will curse you from that London and, UK and US where he is because you, you've messed up with his life. Because that means that there is no reason for your uncle to remain there in the UK anymore. If one naira is equal to one dollar and one pound is equal to one naira, your uncle will come back home and continue to stay with you in that one-room apartment where you are staying and eat the same gary you are eating. Because there's no, there, there'll be no value for whatever he has worked for. So don't be deceived by people saying we can't wait for one era to go on. Can I be honest with you? We are plenty that is outside the country that is praying that that prayer should never be answered. Do you know the kind of comfort we have over there? One era is going to one. You're not, you're, not, you're, not of, you're not talking of power, electricity. So I will leave good light and come and be dragging Nepal with you here. Because one era is... I reject it in Jesus' name. It just be like this the way it is. Just leave it like this. It should be going up. <laughs> Digging for answers is the response to your waiting. It says, Days that wait upon the Lord, it shall renew their strength. So dig for answers. Let me say this ahead of time. That your stock in life is not, it's not anybody's fault. It's because there's an information that you don't know. Did you hear what I said? That is what? 
Did you not hear about the guy who made over 500,000 on election day yesterday? You didn't hear? By selling small jobs and drinks at polling units? You didn't hear about that? But you went to polling units to be shouting, Obedient! Somebody made that kind of money. Somebody made that kind of money. Somebody even went to polling unit yesterday and allowed them to beat our blue black. <laughs> she waited. Say, Emma, no me. She went to hospital to treat herself. She still came back and allowed Nigerians to take her picture. And now our account number is all over social media. And people are saying, true. somebody even did graphics for her. And they have tagged her as true hero of democracy. <laughs> and just that yesterday, your own account was not reading any money. This woman was receiving a lot. May you not vote in vain. <laughs> Think about it. So what's all the complaint? See, my, my, my life is stuck. I'm not moving forward. Somebody just made it yesterday. Don't be shocked if that woman buys a car. Don't be shocked because people in diasporas were sending her money. She was stuck the hero of democracy. Hero. And you, you carried obedience for your head. Nothing entered your account yesterday. Nothing. They wanted to give you bribe at the polling unit. You said, no. Nigeria must check your mate. <laughs> Even I myself as a pastor, I was tempted to send 5K to the woman. Like, wow, she went through all of this. I was seeing screenshots. People were sending her 50K, 100, 150. Can I be honest with you? If they say there's an extension of election for Monday, you will see costume. You, you will see costume. Somebody will literally come with drip. I <laughs> say, I'm dying of time for malaria, but I have to vote for a new night. I say, ah, with your drip? Wow, you are a true. Tell the person I say, wake up. Dig for answers. Dig for answers. Something is missing. Something is missing. How do you dig for answers? I want to close with this. Slaves will always toil day and night. This talks about labor. But sons, they meditate day and night. Slaves toil. What do sons do? They meditate. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. See it for yourself. Joshua 1 verse 8. Slaves toil. Sons do what? Meditate. He says, do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. He says, meditate on it what? Can we say together, meditate on it what? Day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything. Is it some things? Is it half things? Is it part of the things? Everything, everything in it. He said, then you'll be what? Prosperous and be successful. One of these days, if I'm positioned to really talk about how business works, one of the biggest platforms to start in a business and be productive is if you have what it takes to say to the people. If you have what it takes to say, you must always be a man of words. You must always be a man of words. 
you must always be a man of words. And you saw that play out in your Nigerian election. You saw it play out. You saw it play out. You must always be a man of words. You mu- See, it's, I, I, I tell people that it's called manipulation, but you must do it in a positive way. You must. If, I want to, if as a pastor I want to get a thousand error or five thousand error from each and every one of you, I know what to say. I know what to say. And they are using that stuff in the church. That's exactly the same people outside the world that are doing it. Look at somebody comes to present you and say, with this soap, it will change your skin color. The question to you is, what do you put inside the soap that will change my skin color? They came up with food for babies and say, if a baby takes this food, it will increase their vitamin. And somebody is making money from it. Just words. It's just words. It's just words. That's what the people outside the world are using to be prosperous and to be successful. That's what they are using. But you are a Christian. You have the words, but you can't say it. Some of you don't even know the words. Some of you don't even know the words. He says, observe. Careful. Carefully do everything written in it. He said, you'll be prosperous. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a permanent condition. You will be prosperous. Life is what you can sell and what people can buy. Are you with me? If I come to this altar today and say this anointing one is from Jerusalem, it destroys every yoke. I know those that will still buy it in this place. I know. That's why in THN Church we will never do such. Every of the flyers we release is always a caption of what will happen on a Sunday service. Have you not seen churches where they will tell you? Operation break the yoke. The question to ask is which yoke? Operation open your wombs. The question is which womb? Destroy marine spirit. Ask yourself, are you from the marine kingdom? But guess what? You see crowd there. Special anointing for first son. What about special anointing for last sons? All four sons will gather, thinking that the anointing is special. I heard something from one man of God, and which is completely wrong. He said, he said the battle is more on the first son. Okay, Joseph was not the firstborn. Why did he face the biggest battle? He was not. So why did he face the biggest battle? So just in case you are here, your last boy is yeah, Uluwa Oshie Ogunsi, Lo Imi. Let me. This is the truth. The bigger your destiny, the bigger the battle. So if there is no battle in your life, I just gave you for free. Your destiny is small. The bigger the battle, the bigger the destiny, the bigger the battle. So there's only like a firstborn, lastborn. Your father that was born, your father is not the lastborn. Why is he so poor? Makanenuga is not the firstborn. He's the lastborn. Yes, he's the wealthiest. Dangote is not firstborn. Obasanjo is not firstborn. Mention them, they are not firstborn. Pastor Adebo is not the firstborn. He has a lot of sisters ahead of him. Why is he the greatest? See, our firstborns will always be great. That's why they have the biggest battle. You are, you are deceiving yourself. So you are walking about free. Say, ah, there's no battle. I'm last born. My firstborn has taken the battle on my sake. <laughs> They've created that fear in almost we firstborn. That we not think that there's so much battle. The worst one is when they now say, ah, okay, if they're all guests in your family and they're the only son, ah, all the battle is on your head. Oh, God, free yourself. Free yourself. Free yourself. Slaves 
are fresh, fleshly driven. This talks about craftiness. Using crafty means to get things from people, trying to do people and all of that stuff. But songs are spiritually inspired and influenced. It talks about your good art and your good works. How do I know this? Jeremiah 29 verse 11 to 13. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 to 13. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. He didn't say first born, second born, third born, or last born. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Somebody said, I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord. The plans to prosper you. So I can prosper you without harming you. Why is he talking about harm here? He's telling you that there will be a space between where you are to prosperity. It's just the platform of you asking for questions, asking for answers. Because there are answers you there are questions there, there, there are answers you will try to dig out for that can harm you. I'll give you an example. How many of you have heard this thing before when they say Akosejai? How many of you have heard it before? That you want to check what your destiny is all about. Now the question is, why don't you come and check with pastors what your destiny is about? Why go to a soothsayer? Why go to an herbalist? Why go to a, a froster? Why go to a sorcerer? Why go to a demonic power to check what is on your head? A pastor can tell you what's on your head. I'll tell you. What's on your head? What's on your head? I'll tell you. Wig. That's what's on your head. That's on your head. Because it is not your head that determines your prosperity. It's the works of your hands. It's not your head. So have you not seen small head but big money? And big head, no money. It's not the works of your head. It's not, it's not your head. See, uh, oh, 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 how did they say? Say, Ori, Ori something. Is it Ori, 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 or what? Oh, God, it's the works of your hands. It's the works of your hands. So you find out that those people are going to Abalis and going to other places to ask questions. Say, I want to know what I'll be in 20 years. I want to know what I'll be in 10 years. I want to know who to marry. Sorry, ladies, take five names, 10 names. I want to know who to marry. I want to know who is my husband. I want to know who will beat me. I want to know who will take me to Dubai. I want to know who will last and who will not last. I want to know. By the time you go to those people, they don't judge you by your head. The first thing they ask you, they ask for your palms. Why didn't they check your head? your palms. They look at the works of your hands. They look at what you are prone to do with your life. And they look at you and say, ah, this girl, she will be great. They tell you you are excited. Listen, as you are walking out of that place, you just set up your life for battles. Because he's comparing you with his own daughter. You have much more to gain than what his daughter has to gain. That's where they bring about a swap. Sometimes they bring about a delay of destiny. Listen, if you are going to be great from age 25 and you will die at 85, you know that's a long time to enjoy that greatness. Imagine they delayed for you to 80. So it's now your great-grandchildren that is building house for you and buying you car like Peter Fatarolin Dollar that they are building house for at 80 something and they not even live there for up to one year before he died. That's what happens. But you come to a man of God who encourages you with God's word and tells you what you can do with your life. And every time he sees you, he's only encouraging you. There is nothing a man of God has to envy over you because why? He also too is prone to be great. So he's looking at you that fellow greaties. It's the truth. So you'll be great, I'll be great. We'll all be at the top. We're all making it to heaven. He says, so I plan to prosper you. 
and not to harm you. So I will prosper you without harming you. So there's a prosperity that comes with harm. He said, plans to give you hope. And what? A future. Verse 12. Verse 12. So before I can do all of these things, what part do you have to play? You will call upon me. You will come and pray to me. And I will do what? Listen to you. He said, that's why I say, whatever you ask the Father, in the Father's name, he will give to you. If you want a car now and you ask him for it, he will give it to you. If you want a car now, he will give it to you. He just takes the content of your heart, the intentions. Say, oh, uh, Father, I need a car. I want to show that girl that is my neighbor that a sugar daddy cannot do it. I'll listen to you. Verse 13. Verse 13. You will seek me and you do what? I was in Houston one day when my pastor said, he said this is the part that Christians don't know how to do. It's easy to pray. But you know the part we don't know how to do? It's the seek. This seek talks about meditation. Meditating on God's word. Trying to find out the truth. What is God saying? What is God saying about this? Our patterns can never be the same. Our patterns can never be the same. Let me tell you something. There are some people that their destiny is that they have to fall seven times before they can rise up seventy-seven times. So in your mind of mind, you are trying to avoid falling and God is looking at you that that's your ticket to rising. Say, I, 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 will never, I will never do this. I never do this. I never go this route. And God is looking at you and say, if you don't go this route, if you don't enter Egypt, you can't save the people of Israel. I'm not saying it's a license to sin. I'm not saying it's a license to fall. But God is looking at you and say, I, I, I know you're falling. I allowed it. Carry on. Continue. 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 Keep falling. Keep falling. I know when to pick you. See, the picking is not up to you. It's up to God. He knows when to pick up a man. He knows when. So that donk you, you are avoiding, is your ticket to the palace. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Digging for answers. Say, so you seek me and find me. When you do what? Seek me with what? Your sincerity, all of your being. All of your being. Someone say, digging for answers. Shout it loud and clear. Say, digging for answers. I'll close with this statement. A sincere relationship with the Spirit of God is your pathway to the treasures of life. You need the Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You need what? The Holy Spirit. You can't do without Him. Stop asking answers. Stop asking for answers to your questions from your neighbor. In fact, stop asking from your pastor. Ask the Spirit. Ask the Spirit. Ask the Spirit. Some of you's destiny is like that of Jacob. You must cause trouble before you can be celebrated. So you are avoiding the trouble that will actually lead to your celebration. I never forget the day my uncle says something. My uncle says sometimes battles is a proof that God is with you. So you are avoiding battles and God is looking at you that how do I prove to people that I'm with you? There's a saying that says one man's food is another man's poison. So that means one man's poison is another man's food. So the question to ask is that which one is on your own table? I've come to realize that in life that some of the things you are avoiding 
are sometimes the ticket to our next level. Imagine Jesus avoided the kiss of Judas. What do you think would have happened to me, you and I? Imagine he avoided it. Not, okay, let's assume he even accepted the kiss. How many of you remember what happened there? How Peter cut off the hair of someone. Do you know how Jesus' boys were harmed? They could fight those guys. They'll fight them, defeat them for free. But Jesus looked at that platform and said, this is the hour. So every other time they tried to kill him, was not the hour because he was just going to die a cheap death. He said, this one is the hour because the son of man has to be lifted high. The entire world must see me at the cross for them to get the salvation. If they bring Jesus in this our time, many of them will say we have crucified our Savior. But that's not the right statement to say we have lifted up our Savior. To the world is crucifixion. To sons of the kingdom is what? It's a lifting. Because if I be lifted up, I will draw. If I be what? Lifted up. I'll do what? I will draw. Oga, let that lifting in your life start. Because sometimes the lifting is not palatable. It's not sweet. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? It's not sweet. It's not sweet. Some of those bad breaks are ticket to your next level. Some of those disappointments are ticket to your... Just dig for answers. Find the missing link. Find the missing link. Find it. We are not, we're not ready to find it. We are not. Every, boy, every Christian wants things to just go rosy. Say, hey, sweet, 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 sweet experience. Before it's sweet experience, there must be a bitter experience. They interviewed one gospel musician recently, I think some years ago, and they asked him, they said, what, do you, what, what can you say about this position that life has put you? He said, if I'm not here, if I'm not on this wheelchair, he said, I will not be where I am today. You know the amazing thing? His greatest desire was to own a radio station. He would not have gotten that radio station without the wheelchair. So why are you, why, why are you, why are you avoiding accidents that will lead to your breakthrough? Why you just need to ask a question? God, which way do you want me to go? Do you, do you want me to go this route? You want me to go this way? You want me to go this way? You want me to go this way? Somebody will ask me, how, come, how, how, how will you see a prostitute and not destroy her with the people? Somebody was wise enough to know that, no, it's through this person that will find safety. It's through this person will find safety. Some disappointments are not disappointments. They are letter of appointment. You just need to ask yourself some questions. So stop condemning yourself. Stop avoiding some things. We believe you have been blessed by this audio podcast and we never like to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart today and I am making you the Lord of my life. Amen. Congrats. You are now a child of God. Thank you for listening and downloading Tamiwa Oluwen podcast. We want to take over nations for Christ. Partner with us today by visiting www.heavennation.org forward slash donate. Kindly subscribe to get update of new messages and share with your friends and families. We love you and we celebrate you.